Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, let's get into today's life-giving message. I am blessed because the life-giving message I am about to hear will change what I do. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, we give you glory and we give you honor and praise. Have your way today in this experience. Thank you that you are the God that supplies all of our need and above our need. You do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. And for that, we say thank you now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can I get you to just worship God for five seconds? Five. Four. Come on, 915. God, we honor you. Three, two, one. Somebody say, yes, Lord. Come on, let's go to work. So our series, as you know, this month is tikkun. Tikkun is a Hebrew word, a biblical word, which means to amend or to fix. In today's message, I want to jump right into it, is how to fix your finances. Let me stop right there. Because some people say, well, Bishop, this is not a message I need because I'm doing good financially. To teach you about finances does not mean they're in lack in their finances, but because you're blessed to be a blessing, here it is. The bigger you're blessed, the bigger you can bless. See, see, there are some people listening to me right now where you've already been a blessing in the hundreds. You've already been a blessing in the thousands. You've already been a blessing in the tens of thousands. But you're shifting to being a blessing in the, watch me, in the six figures. You're shifting to being a blessing in the seven figures. I wish I had some people that knew God wanted you to be a benefactor. I wish I had some people in this building that knew God wanted you to be the answer to somebody else's issue. Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. So watch me. First, let's deal with this. To fix your finances, we first have to fix your money mentality. Now, here's the truth. Faith and finances are not separate. Many people try to separate the two. Well, I don't believe that my spirituality has anything to do with my success or my money has anything to do with my relationship with God. And that's not true. Faith and finances go together like Hagen and Dawes, Ben and Jerry's. 80 degree weather on Thursday, 22 degree weather on Friday in Denver. Those two things go together, all right? There are over 2,300 verses about money. But listen, more than prayer, faith, heaven, or hell combined. Did you hear me? More than prayer, faith, heaven, or hell combined. That means Scripture spends a lot of time talking about money. And the reason for that, I'm about to reveal to you. Now, check this out. Let me give you some things to help us with our mentality about money. We can show love with money, but we shouldn't love money. All right, 1 Timothy 6 and 10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Let me stop those of you who say love, uh, money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. The lack of money is the root of all evil. 
For the love of money, people were robbed from their mama. Listen, that's what the, what the song said. Right? Everybody listen. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil from which some have strayed from the faith. Everybody listen. He said, trying to get money, people have strayed from the faith. Trying to get money and things and possession and cash and cars and clothes. There's some people that say, I can't go to church. I got to work. Let's talk. There's some people that say, I can't put God first. I got to go get this money. I got to go get this bag. But I think there's some believers up this 915 that can testify. When I decided to put God first, he ran me my money yep let me see if I can say it another way in other words I don't chase resources resources chase me because I decided to keep God first open up your mouth say I do not love money I Watch me, they have strayed from the faith doing what? Being greedy. See, money becomes a tool that you use to get stuff. So now you need stuff. Now I need a car. Now I need this. And all of those things we need, but what happens is that the love of money can take you to a place of greed. Do not go from need to greed. Watch me. He says they have pierced themselves with many sorrows. He says there's a lot of people that are going through some trials, tribulations, sorrow, and pain and issues. Why are they going through that? They are going through that because they have chased money because they loved money. In other words, they loved money the way that they say they love a person. Uh, watch me. They will treat you like trash to get a dollar. I wish everybody in this building and everybody online could relate to the fact that we all know somebody that was in love with money. That they would throw away relationship for, to get some money. They would throw away who they said they honored to get some money. They'll leave you for an extra 50 cent to just... Open your mouth and say, I will not love money. Now, now here's the thing. So, so, so let's be clear. You can show your love with money, but you should not, we should not, I should not, we should not love money. Because if you do, the Bible says you're going to pierce yourself with sorrows. You're literally going to take a knife and you're going to inject it into yourself. Got it? Every time you operate with the love of money i need this money i gotta have this money i want this money where my money at if it don't make dollars it don't make sense well it don't make sense that you chase those dollars because i think there's some witnesses in here watch me where you discovered there was some stuff in your life money couldn't buy See, money can buy you a doctor, but favor is what got you help. Money can buy you a lawyer, but favor is what got you justice. Mo Open up your mouth and say, it's bigger than money. All right, don't be, don't be the type of person where you live to chase money. You live to chase money when, listen, I'll get to God once I'm done making my money. I'll serve once I'm done making my money. I'll worship once I'm done making my money. Listen, if you want me to give, you want me to give. Listen, it's amazing how much you want from God, but what you won't give to God. You can't be a tipper and expect to get the whole meal. Y'all ain't going to say that. All right, money is a resource. It is not your source. Ecclesiastes 10 and 19 look at the B part of the verse but money answers everything which means money is a resource if you treat it like your source you're going to be let down by it because you can have a lot of money I listen I deal with people from every pedigree from every background and can I tell you something I've learned about people that have excessive amount of I won't say excessive but have very large amounts of money it doesn't fix their crazy it doesn't fix their loneliness. It just makes them more paranoid. Because money, since it's not a source, it's a resource. It's a magnifier. Which means whoever and whatever you are, all money is going to do is make it be seen, be seen more clearly. And I need you to open your mouth and say, God is my source. Not money. I need you to say that like you believe that. Say, God is my source. Not money. Money is fuel and a tool, but it shouldn't rule. It's fuel. What does that mean? It gives me the gas to get to where I'm going, but it ain't where I'm going. That's why when the children of Israel came out of 430 years of Egyptian bondage, do you know what he did for them the first night? He made them rich. The Bible says they plundered the Egyptians, took their silver and their gold, but watch me, they were still on their way to the promise, which means money wasn't my end game. Money wasn't the promise. And for some of you, you keep thinking if I had more money, it would not fix your miserable behavior. It would not fix your piss poor attitude. It would not fix anything about your life. It is fuel and a tool, but say money doesn't rule me. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. If money fixed it, then watch me. Jeff Bezos' wife would have stayed with him. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Those are billions.
millions of dollars, but it couldn't fix a broken relationship. Money is a fuel and a tool, but it shouldn't rule. You still here? Matthew 6, 24. Look at what Jesus says. No one can serve to what? Masters. Now, this is deep. This is deep. He says, you're going to hate the one and love the other. All right? Look at this. You cannot serve God and the devil. It's not what the Bible says. The only thing God equates to himself ever is the love of money. Not money. Mammon is the spirit of the love of money. Not money. Please catch the difference. God said, you can't love me and love this money at the same time. You're going to have to pick who do you love and are you for sure. He said, either this becomes a tool and a resource for you or you're in love with this. And if you're in love with this, you hate me. Ain't no in between. And I just need, I just need to check the room and check online. They can say, God, I thank you for this, but I don't love that. I love you. Where y'all at 915? I love you. Say it with me. I love you. The Bible says that it becomes a master if you love it. It becomes a master. It'll tell you when to get up, when to go to sleep. It'll tell you to lose sleep. It'll tell you to lose. To, it'll tell you to stress out. It'll tell you to lose weight. It'll tell you to gain weight. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Uh, for some of you, most of your stress comes behind something that you shouldn't even love like that. You wouldn't be so stressed if you chase God instead of chasing money. The only reason that you're chasing money, uh, uh, chasing uh, after money, rather than money chasing after you, is because it's become your master. It rules over you. It tells you when to get up, when to lay down. It tells you how to treat people. Some of you treat people poorly, predicated upon your belief about their financial disposition and their socioeconomic background. Some of you look down on people because you think you got more of something than they do, not realizing they got more of something that you don't. They got a favor from God that you can never have because God only gives favor to people that he knows he can trust with it. Open your mouth and say, I can be trusted with favor. I... But he's not going to trust you with favor if he knows you're in love with money. He's not going to trust you with favor when he knows you're in love with money. He's not going to trust you in favor when you fight with him over a $20 offering. He's not going to trust you with favor when you fight with him over $100. Are you serious? After everything God's done for you and everything he's been doing for you, you ought to just be the type to say, listen, God, I couldn't wait to get to church so I can make it. Say, I will not love money. Look at this. God wants, now let's go here. God wants you to have money, but not for money to have you. Okay, because there's this teaching that sometimes exists in the body of Christ where people think that poverty is spiritual, and it's not. It's not. One of the messages I'm going to do next month in our series, I'm doing a series next month called Reality TV. And one of the messages is to actually teach you about Jesus because you have falsely thought that he was some vagabond gypsy going from place to place with nothing. That he was walking around hugging trees. And he was cursing them because they didn't have fruit. In other words, he says, I want to see some results. All right, now, this is important to understand because there's this false notion um, that God doesn't want his people to be blessed. There's this false notion that poverty is spirituality. You even have some sects, S-E-C-T-S, of Christianity, that they will say they're taking a vow of poverty as if that makes them more spiritual. You couldn't be more spiritual if the Bible says money's an answer. So you don't have no answers. Let's go Psalm 35, 27. Let the Lord be magnified. Who, please look at the screen, who has pleasure in the what? Prosperity. Stop. Is you preaching that prosperity gospel? Question. What other gospel is there? See, you think prosperity means money. It's bigger than money. Don't you dare reduce God down to a car or to a house or to a good credit score. Open your mouth and say, this is bigger than money. The gospel is good news. So what's good news? What is good news? Hey, just want to tell you, life sucks. You ain't got nothing. But, and you're miserable. 
That's not good news. Your wife hates you, your kids hate you, and you ain't got no money to go get yourself something to eat. That's not good news. You don't even like waking up in the morning. That's not good news. The gospel is what? Good news. Here's the good news. The good news is the bad news is wrong. So let's deal with this. Let the Lord be what? Magnified. Can, can you just say it? There was this video I used to show my dream team of this lady, um, and she was out of Memphis. And, and when she said magnified, the way she said it was just so deep and spiritual sounding to me. All right? She says, and magnify. You know, you guys magnify. Can, can you know what I mean? Magnify. Come on. Just try it with me, everybody. Come on. Magnify. Let the Lord be magnified. That's how she said it. That's how she said it. In fact, she opened her TV broadcast. It was, it was, it was such an interesting way to open your TV broadcast. Because when she opened her TV broadcast, she would immediately open in tongues. Her TV show would come on and she'd go, hallelujah, ha, he be be shana. I mean, she would go right into tongues. And then she said, let the Lord be magnified. And I said, come on here, magnify the Lord with me. Listen. It blessed me. Maybe, maybe it didn't bless you, but if you grew up in church, that blessed you because there's a certain way certain things get said. Like if you grew up in church, they didn't say man of God. They said the mand of God. And I'm trying to figure out what is a mand? Lord, bless your mand servant on today. What is a mand? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, some of y'all. Okay, let's just get back to the verse. Okay. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure. Check this out. God says, I get pleasure out of my people prospering. Which then means the antonym to pleasure is I have displeasure when my people do not prosper. Which means God says, when I see you struggling, I ain't with that. When I see you begging, I'm not with that. When I see you begging a government to do something that you should be able to do, I'm not with that. When I see you begging legislators to do what you ought to... Don't get me started right now. So prosperity, what is that word in Hebrew? It's a word I teach you. It's why we greet one another this way. If you've ever come to Harvest, and even online, you'll see we use this word. It blesses me now to see so many pastors and churches using it now. And we've done it for years. And this, this is a biblical word for peace. But it means more than peace. It means to prosper. Say shalom. He has pleasure in your shalom. That's what the word prosperity means. See, it's bigger than cash, cars, and clothes. God says, I get excited when nothing is missing. I get excited when nothing is broken. I get excited when nothing is lacking. I get excited when all is well in your life. Not that all is perfect, but all is well. Come on here. I get excited when I look at your life and you wake up and say, this is the day that the Lord, and everything may not be going the way I want for it too, but I get excited about the fact that you say, I'm going to make the best out of this day. Even if I was dealt a bad hand, I'm going to play a bad hand well. God says, I get excited about your shalom. Open your mouth and say, he's excited about my shalom. He's excited. He's excited. He's excited. He's excited. Then, watch what the word prosperity means, your favor. So take this out. Favor, favor means preferential treatment. God says, I get excited when you're favored. God says, I like them saying, well, these are the rules for everybody else. But for my son, for my daughter, this shouldn't happen. But when we saw your name, we couldn't resist it. We shut down the openings, but when we saw your name, we had to give you. We can't explain how you got healed of this because the test on Friday said this, but the test on Monday said this. Somebody say, I have the favor of God. Favor, he gives favor to the faithful. He gives favor to the faithful. How do you know? Because look at the rest of the verses of his servant. Servant there uh, is the word bond servant. A bond servant means it was a servant by choice, which means, watch me, I don't have to, but I do because I get to. I'll back it up so you catch it. I don't have to, but I do because I get to. I don't have to, but I do because I get to. In fact, when you were a bond servant in the scripture, you would wear an earring as your way to show that you were yoked to a particular master and that you were yoked by choice. 
In other words, you were a servant by choice. They would mark you so that that mark would indicate that you were a servant by choice. So the reason that the verse is important is because he says, I delight in the prosperity, the shalom, the favor, watch this last word, and the health. God says, I don't just need you having money, but you can't walk around the block without losing your breath. Y'all can get quiet on me if you want to, but listen, in your next 12, you're going to finally be healthier than you've ever. Why y'all playing with me? Open your mouth and say, and my health is improving. Say it like you mean to say, and my health is improving. I need you to lay your hands on yourself, say, in the name of Jesus, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, every cell, every blood vessel, every organ function as God originally intended in your next 12 you will experience your best health your best physical fitness in Jesus name I need you to give him praise you prayed and now you're going to walk it out you prayed and now you're going to walk it out you're not just going to do well financially you're going to be physically fit you're not just going to do well as a good Christian, but you're going to be able to have a body that matches your spiritual body. Come on, open your mouth, shout, I'm prosperous. That's shalom. That's favor. And that's health. You ain't going to have to keep taking that medication. Please, would you give him glory in this building? He's a God of healing. He's a God of health. He's a God of healing. He's a God of health. Look at the screen. Look at the screen. Two different words. Say health, healing. See, he is a healer, but that means something had to go wrong. Prosperity means health. Which means it didn't go wrong. Because you ate right. You exercised right. Y'all, don't get quiet on me. And we're not just praying it. Watch me. Why are we saying it? Because you're about to shift your body into doing it. For some of you, I need you to go to the mall after church and get you some workout clothes. And I need you to just get you an hour in. Get you some miles in every day. Why? Because by this time next year, you won't recognize yourself. By this time next year, you... It is not enough for you to just shout Jesus and be unhealthy. Oh, y'all got quiet on me now. I rebuke every complication that might be in you from coronavirus. I rebuke any long-haul, long-term symptoms. He's a God of health and healing. He's the God of health and healing. He's the God of health and healing. Say, this is good news. Now, some of you, listen, this may be tough for you because you wanted to hear bad news today. You saw enough of that on the news this week. You saw enough of that on CNN this week. You saw enough of that looking at your social media feed this week. Why in the world would we serve a God of good news when all he going to do is throw bad news back in your face? Somebody say, this is the gospel say it's good news for me and everything connected to me all right all right here we go so we needed to deal with your mentality three m's we're going to do with now let's fix your money management uh-oh don't get quiet now luke 19 13 he gave them 10 minas this is this is a parable so this master gives his money. So first thing you need to know is your money ain't your money. Your money is his money. So this is the Lord's money. Say, this is not my money. And he said to them, engage in business until I come. What does this mean? This is my money. Manage it well. That's what God says. God says, this is my money. Manage it with. This is not your money. This isn't. Because see, when you tithe, you made it mine. 
Because 90% blessed is better than 100% cursed. He said, you made it mine when you became a faithful giver. And quiet as this kept, it was mine before you made it mine. I just needed to see if you was going to give me mine back. Manage it well. Manage it well. Now, now this is important because you're not the owner. You're the manager. Which means you don't have the same authority as the owner does. Look at verse 15. He ordered the servants to whom he had given the money to be called him. So he comes back. It's a parable he's giving, but it's really talking about him and his people. It's a parable he's giving. He says, um, he ordered the servants to whom he had given the money to be called him. He says, y'all come back. Y'all come over here now. Now I'm back. That he might know, please pay attention, look on the screen, that he might know what they had gained by doing business. God says, I expect this back better than I gave it to you. Because it's mine. You are not the owner. You're the manager. How about that shift your mentality? You will stop frivolously spending when you realize it's not yours to spend. Ooh, it's quiet in here. Don't y'all shout over the prosperity and the shalom part and not shout over the management part. I rebuke wasteful spending. I rebuke you spending money on stuff you don't need. I rebuke you spending money trying to impress people. I rebuke I rebuke you. Wait a minute, stop. I need them to hear me. Stop. I need them to hear me. I'll be doggone. I was walking through the airport the other day, and and you know, in Atlanta airport, it's it's you know, it's the Hollywood of of, of the of, of the not the south of the the other coast of the East Coast. I and I saw all this Louis and Gucci and Prada and and all of these wonderful name brands. And the Lord says something to me. He says some. He said, people will spend all this money to wear somebody else's name. And I'm not knocking any of that. I'm not, that, I'm not knocking any of that. I'm not knocking any of that. Okay, I'm not knocking any of that. He says, but I told them I'd make their name great. He said, tell them don't measure their worth based on their ability to buy somebody else's name. Measure their worth based on the value of their name. Lay your hands on yourself and say, my name has value. I don't you spend money getting into debt trying to impress people because you got on some Louis or some Gucci or some Prada or whatever other name brand, baby. You don't, uh, it doesn't make you, you make it. You, the clothes don't make you, you make the clothes. The stuff don't make you, you make the stuff. Say, I am not materialistic. Now, let me be clear. That I'm not knocking having material things. That's what you want. That's what you want. You got it? But I got some witnesses in here where you could take something that was a third of the price. And because you do what you do. You come up out and everybody say, ooh, what is that? Baby, that's that new form and shut your mouth. That's that new form and you don't know about this? You don't know, man, been the place that I've been, spend the grand that I spend, you don't know. It, it. It's a song. Right? Do not be pulled into the materialistic trap. To where you think you're better than somebody because you spent $1,000 on the suit and they spent $115. Says to me, one of y'all knows good value. If you just feel like giving. I got some other stuff, some other projects in Atlanta I can get. <laughs> Come see me in the line after church. Take this out. Say, I will not be materialistic. So you're the, you're the manager, not the owner. So every resource you have, everybody listen to this, say, I'm a steward. Husbands, you're the, you're the steward of your family, not the owner. He expects your wife back better. And if she ain't better because of your leadership, what the heck did he need you for? Parents, he expects your children back better than how he gave them to you. If your children come out as Freddy Krueger and Michael Myers and Jason, well, what did he need you for? He expected them back better because you're the manager, not the owner. Can I give you an example of this? And then we're almost done. You ever gone somewhere 
And, 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 and you went to the manager, you had an issue, you went to the manager, and the manager said, I don't have, everybody pay attention, I don't have the authority to do that. I have to go to somebody higher. Watch me, I have to go to the owner. I have to go to someone higher than me because I don't have the authority to do that. There are certain decisions you need to say, you know what? Listen, what would the owner say about that? It's quiet in the church today. What would the owner say about that? Say, I'm a manager, not an owner. Okay? Because you, it's not enough to fix your mentality. You have to fix, uh, you have to fix your management of your money. So what does a manager do? A manager has to operate with a budget. Uh-oh. It's quiet in the church. <laughs> See, a whole section of y'all just put your phones down. Like, okay, I can stop taking notes now. You need a budget. Even if your budget is a whole lot coming in, a little bit coming out. You need to know what that little bit is. How do you know your cable company ain't getting over on you? One of the things that blew my mind is how many companies try to get over on churches. Ooh, but we look. <laughs> oh, we pay attention. <laughs> oh, we pay attention. It'll blow your mind how much money is frivolously wasted on certain things. Say I'm a manager, not an owner. I know coffee is your splurge. All right, let's move on, because apparently I just hit something in the spirit right there. You're like, Bishop, leave my coffee alone now. I'm with all the everything else you're saying. But I don't do nothing for myself but coffee. That, give me my one thing. All right, let's move on. <laughs> I felt that resistance in the room. I, I mean, I, it was shifted. The whole room shifted. Okay, but even with that, you have to operate from the mentality of a manager, not an owner. Because then when you look at the end of the year and you spent $2,000 sending money to Starbucks, it's quiet in the church. And watch me, and you don't even own any stock. So you're just giving them free money. It's quiet in the church today. Watch me, can I give you something? Wherever you frequent, you need to own. Wherever you frequent, you need some stock, you need some ownership. If I frequent this thing, I need some ownership in this thing. Say I'm a good money manager. You don't need, you don't need miracles, you don't need financial miracles if you're a good financial manager. Okay. All right. Um, so there's so many practical things, and, and I wrote a book um, that you can get. Come, uh, we originally called it Getting Your Finances in Order. We, we released it called Making Money Moves. You don't dance no more. You make money moves. It's a song. And uh, you can avail yourself to that. Just full disclosure, 100% of everything I've since the beginning, every single book that sells, I don't touch a dime of it. It all comes back to the church just for full disclosure. So you don't think he's trying to sell a book. I don't get a dime and have never taken a dime. God's been good. Never judge somebody's harvest if you haven't seen their seed. See, the reason your neighbor's about to be hooked up in their next 12, because they've been sowing like crazy in their previous 12. I just need you to act like God's about to do something amazing in your finances. Shut I'm blessed to be a blessing. Say it again, I'm blessed to be a blessing. All right, y'all making me go in tongues at the 915. I normally save those to the 1150. <laughs> All right? So first, we fixed your mentality. Second, your management. Number three, let's fix your money movement. MMM. Right? Mentality, management, movement. So God is a faithful and generous giver. The Bible roughly predicated upon the version you have has roughly a 1,000 pages or so. Now, if you use a digital Bible, you know, it may or may not have page numbers, what have you. If you use an old school Bible, who still has an old school Bible? By old school, I mean paper. <laughs> All right? All right? I still do. All right? We call it old school. I'll say, bring me old school. All right? Um, so check this out. Uh, about 1,000 pages, 
listen to this, over 550 of those pages, the Bible records that God gave something. Mm-mm. So you're not, you're, not, you're not getting it. Over half the Bible is him giving. And since you want to be like him, that means over half what we know about you ought to be that you are a giver. Over half what people know about you ought to be that you're a sower. Somebody open your mouth and say, I'm a generous giver. So there's a saying we use at Harvest called faithful givers flourish. Key, key word there, faithful. See, the opposite of that is casual givers. Casual givers come up, then they go down. They will give to get the job, get the job, stop giving, lose the job, and realize that giving got them a job. Casual givers, they tip God. Thank you, Lord. Ooh. $22. And that's good. Okay? But, but just think about this. You, you know what's amazing to me? At a restaurant. Right? Someone, they'll bring your water, the lemon. They will bring your bread and your warmed butter. Because you don't want the cold stuff that's been sitting in the fridge there. You want the warmed butter. Because when you dip, baby, dip. Come on, now dip, baby, dip, baby, dip, baby, dip. When you dip, you want to make sure it's an enjoyable experience. Talking for a friend. <laughs> They'll bring you wet naps. and Because you want to wipe everything down, wipe me down. And... Uh, They'll bring you some lemon because you, you believe that they clean this stuff. You just want to double clean it yourself. So you use lemon as an ante. Um, talking for a friend. Um, somebody I saw. Um, and they'll take your order and they'll serve you and they'll refill your, your beverages and all of that. And for 30 minutes, an hour, you will give them between 15 and 20%. And then don't feel good. And don't find out she's a single mom. You'll hook her all the way up. But God, who woke you up, gave you breath, made your limbs work, made your eyes see, made your mouth talk made your feet to walk made your ears to hear made your nose to smell made your tongue to taste gave you strength in your body you have the unmitigated gold the intestinal fortitude to get an attitude about 10 percent Casual givers come up, they go down because they're not consistent. They aren't consistent. Say, I'm a faithful giver. Amen. All right, so we're talking about your money movement. I want to show you this, and then we're out of here. Y'all are doing good. Y'all help me preach like Speedy Gonzalez. This is good. Nehemiah 12, 44. It's on the screen. The storehouse for the offerings. So basically, in the scripture, the, you had the temple. The temple, they had what was called a storehouse attached to the temple. What's the temple today? The church. They had a storehouse attached to the temple because they were an agricultural society. So uh, originally in Scripture, they didn't deal in currency. They later did in the New Testament. But in, in Nehemiah and much of the Old Testament, they dealt in the realm of agriculture as currency. So when you wanted to bring someone something, you would bring gold. But gold didn't necessarily have a monetary value attached to it. It had a value attached to it. You would trade in, in wheat and in, in barley, et cetera, et cetera. You would trade in agricultural things. So when people were bringing their tithes to the church, they didn't walk in and drop it in the bucket. They didn't use an envelope because that wasn't their primary mode of, of commerce. Instead, they'd show up with some horses. They'd show up with some donkeys. Uh, they'd show up with their grain. And they'd go up and they'd go to one of the priests and they'd say, this is my tithe. Then the priest would then have that placed into the storehouse, which was attached to the temple, which was where the church kept all of its resources. Everybody see that? 
Okay, that's important to understand because there's this movement going on where people say, I don't believe in tithing and all of that, but then I don't, uh, you, I, you know, uh, stop, stop, okay, okay. Well, you know, they didn't, they did it different in scripture. Okay, duh. Until the New Testament, and you know they did it in the New Testament because the Bible says, and Jesus watched what they gave in the offering. Because the Romans had developed a system of monetary commerce. So the Romans, they didn't bring it to the store. The storehouse was gone. This is why at the temple, what did you see during one of the feasts? There were money changers at the temple. Now, why is that important? Because you'll look at that and, and, and God was mad because it was money in the church. No, 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 not at all. It was during a feast time, and so the people brought their different currencies from their different places, and the money had to be traded. It was like Forex, foreign exchange. The money had to be traded. Y'all ain't gonna talk. The money had to be traded to the currency of the nation. So what happens is when Jesus flips the table, he flips the table because he realizes the only way I'm gonna get these people's attention is to mess with what they really love. Because they're in church, but they love money. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. So I, he flips the table as a way to get them to put enough attention on him so that they would a few days later crucify him because when you start messing with people's money you're going to make the ugly come out does everybody understand what I just taught you okay so Jesus had no issue with what they were doing because that was the that was the only way that they could give that was the only way they could get their doves etc cetera, etc cetera, for their sacrifice his thing was if I mess with their money I'm going to reveal where their heart is because they're letting all kind of stuff go on but they don't say nothing until you mess with the money so I messed with their treasure to show you where their heart was. Okay? All right. So now look at this. The storehouse. So this was what was attached to the temple. This is the storehouse for the offerings. The offering is everything you give above the tithe. That's what you sow. Say sow. sow. The first fruits. That is the first of an increase. I've, I've taught you that. That's what you sow. Say sow. sow. And the tithes. That's what you pay. Okay? You're not sowing your tithe. Your tithe is not a seed. You owe your tithe. Leviticus 27 says that it's holy unto the Lord. Right? And, and, and so it's something we don't even play with. Like you owe the Lord that. It's like going to a restaurant. You can say, listen, I'm going to pay this bill now. No, you owe us that. You just sat here and you had, you had two Coca-Colas and you had some, some nachos. Right? Right? And some enchiladas. Because they're from Denver. So you owe us this. You got it? Okay, but everything above that, that's what you sow. So you see on the screen, so, so, pay. You see that? So, so, pay. So let me give you how your money should move. Number one, tithe consistently. Got it? If you are not a consistent tither, I just need to be honest with you, you're always going to be praying for some type of financial breakthrough. Because literally what you're saying to God is, God, I am not trusting you with, I, listen, I'm not even going to give you what's yours. Got it? And the Bible says, Malachi, will a man rob God? Robbery and theft are two different things. Theft is done in secret. Robbery is done in open. So when we come to, God's, when we come to God and we literally say, Lord, I know I should tithe, but I'm not tithing. God says, you just came up in my liquor, uh, not liquor store. <laughs> you came up in my 7-Eleven. I was thinking of a movie scene. 7-Eleven next to a liquor store. You just came to my liquor store because we serve spirits. Come on. <laughs> you just came up in my 7-Eleven and just like, come on up. Like, you just came up and just like break yourself. No, no, no. Just, no, no. He's <laughs> too real of a. He gets too real in character. I said, you just came up. You came up in the store and robbed me. Theft was you walked past the counter. You put it in your little shirt, hoping none of these cameras was going to catch you. Ah, but camera three got you. Listen. It's right there. Robbery says, hey, God, you've been good. Oh, hey, bye. Glory. Shanta. Ru. Ashanti. And Jaru. Thank you, God. And here's what you do. Appreciate you, God. Appreciate all the blessings. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. God says, you robbed me. You didn't even, you were so bold, you didn't even try to be secretive about it. Robbery versus theft. 
That's why in Malachi, it's called robbery. God says, you did this openly. So number one, tithe. And how do we do it? Consistently. It's the first 10% of every gross form of income that comes into your life, period, of the gross, off the top. It's not a tithe once you can pay everybody else. The tithe is, ah, it just hit the account. Boop, 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 boop. Text to give. Boop, 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 boop. Cash app. Boop, 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 boop. Vidmo. Boop, 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 boop. Website. Boop, 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 boop. The other ones. I, I got to move fast. Here we go. All right, all right, all right. Watch this. Number two, so watch the comma consistently. So you don't just sow, but sow consistently. Quiet right there. The tithe is a sustainer. So people say, I'm tithing, it's not working. Oh, the tithe works. It sustains. Where your increase comes from, Luke 638, giving it shall be what? Giving back to you, good measure person. The Bible never says pray for money, you sow for money. So people who pray, I'm just praying for a financial breakthrough. That's literally not a prayer that heaven's going to respond to. Heaven's going to respond with where you see. Right? So watch the comma, consistently. Which means I consistently give above my tithes. I consistently sow above my tithes. Got it? Okay. And then number three, sow increasingly. That means, and I'm wanting to see that number increase. Like, as long as you've been saved now, your you, seed should be at a whole nother stratosphere. Well, Bishop, well, Bishop, you know, uh, 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 let me show you an example, and then we out of here. Genesis 26 and 1, and we out. You ready? Now, there was a famine in the land. Let me see if I can make it more plain. plain. After 12 months of coronavirus in the land. And layoffs. And stimulus. And shutdowns. And lockdowns. And companies canceling orders. And companies creating orders. I read an interesting article that said over the next few years, 100,000 churches will close. I've, I, I cut out of that article real fast. I said, I read, mm-mm, the devil is a lion. is mama them too. That's for me and my house. That's for me and my house. Now, I got to finish. There was a famine in the land. Say uncertainty. Okay, because, because, because really, famine really means uncertainty. I'm scared about my next, so I'm overcautious in my now. That's what famine. Famine says what's upcoming is scary. There's uncertainty. So rather than release in my now, I hold in my now. Okay, that's what's going on. Say, there was a famine in the land. Look, let's look at how Isaac handles it. Verse 12. And Isaac, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob is also Israel. Israel has 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel. Just want to make sure you understand who we're talking about. In the midst of uncertainty, watch me, because some of you are like, God, what am I supposed to do? God says, your next requires a greater seed. And Isaac did what? Sold. Please say it with me. And Isaac did what? So- Where did he sow at? In the famine. In the midst of uncertainty. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. This is about to bless me real good. Let me go on and open my phone. I'll get this ready. In the midst of uncertainty, the Bible says Isaac decided not to pay because that would be his tithe. Isaac was a tither. That was baseline. But the Bible says Isaac said, I need to stretch and go above my time in the midst of uncertainty and I need you to pay attention to the rest of the screen so we can finish this and he sold in that land and what did he do and he reaped when in 2021 I'm gonna talk over here because I got some faith over here the Bible says that he sowed in that land and he reaped when same year when same year when same year what does that mean that means that God says I'm gonna speed up the amount of time for your harvest to return because some of you said Bishop if I felt like I've sown and I ain't seen it yet let me tell you what God's word is to you today he says if you sow in the midst of uncertainty I'm going to make sure that in the same year, not your next 12, watch me, before you end this 12, not in 2022, but before you end 2021, 
did he so, uh, receive back? A hundredfold. Stop. Pay attention to your Bible. Because the same God that did it for Isaac is the same God about to do it for your world. The same God about to do it for you, Facebook. The same God about to do it for you, YouTube. You're about to be so glad that you're a giver. You're about to be so glad you put them first in your finances. Everybody shout in the same year. Watch. He reaped a hundredfold. Stop. Sowing and reaping is a law. Because I need you to pay attention to the way the verse says. Then the Lord blessed him. Stop. Stop. You missed it. The reaping wasn't a blessing. The reaping was the law. I'm going to reap what I sow. I'm going to tell you, please pay attention to the screen. God says, when I can see that you're a faithful giver, when I can see the way your money moves, not only will you reap because that's the law, but then somebody say, and he's going to bless me. Look at verse 13. Look at verse 13. And the man... I just need you to read the screen. This is the open book test. And the man became what? Rich. Now listen, you don't have to claim this for yourself if you don't want it. If you're good where you at, stay where you at. But for the rest of the people on your road that want to see you be the first one debt free in your bloodline, want to see you be the first one to cross six figures, first one to cross seven figures, first one to own the business, first one to employ hundreds of people, I need you to open your mouth and say, and the man. But put your name right there. Say, and say your name. Watch me. Became rich. When did this happen? Right in the midst of a pandemic. Right in the midst of a pandemic. Right in the midst of a pandemic. Right in the midst of a... Stop. If you don't want this, that's fine. That's totally okay. But don't you shut nobody else's praise down. Because you don't know what they came from. They started at the bottom and going to take them all the way to the top. Oh, look at somebody say, I started at the bottom. I say, but God's taking me to the top. And the man, say your name, Bishop Foreman became rich when did this happen for him in a famine listen to me christians don't you don't you deal into the hype of the news don't you start believing their negative reports billionaires are making billions and billions and billions and billions you know why they chose not to believe the news remember reaping and sowing is a law whether you're a christian or not it's a law and the man became rich, watch me, and gained more and more. Until he became very, watch this, he ain't rich now. He wealthy now. So when he's driving downtown, they're saying, Look, you like that building? Oh, yeah, we own that building. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me, but God's about to do it for the people of Harvest. In Denver, in Atlanta, everywhere. Somebody say, I'm shifting to wealth. I to be a wealthy man, that means you're a man that owns it. Means you're a woman that owns it. Which means you don't need they hook up. You use cash. And he became what? Very wealthy. No, no, no. I need you to pay attention. If you don't want this, that's okay. You just smile and nod. That's totally okay. I ain't pushing. Listen, I ain't pushing nobody that don't want to go here. If you're good with where you at, cool. But for those of you that feel like you're about to walk into the developer's office... And they said, how many townhouses do you want? I don't want one. Give me the whole block. 
I'm about to put some single mamas up in some houses. I, I'm about to be a blessing to somebody else. I, which building do I want to buy? I want the block. Ooh, somebody say, I want the block. Watch me. Watch me. I got to go. I got to go. Until he became what? Very wealthy. Until he became what? Ve Let me tell you something. If, if I had time, I don't have time. But 15, maybe I'll have time. We'll see. The Bible says he was so wealthy, his enemies envied him. Let me tell you how you know God's been getting you ready for this level of life. He's been teaching you how to deal with people that don't like you. He's been teaching you how to deal with envious people. And you thought it was because of where you were. It ain't got nothing to do with where you are or where you've been. It's because God says, when I bless you, like I'm about to bless you, I need you to get used to people talking about you. I need you to know how to handle haters. I need you to know how to handle people who throw dirt on their name. But what they don't understand is when they throw dirt on your name, you are a seed. Which means I need the dirt. I need you to throw your dirt. It's how seeds begin to grow. Lay your hands on yourself and say this year, I'll see God bless me like never before. for you to bring me the deed I can't wait for you to bring me the deed I can't wait for you to bring me the paper showing it's been paid off I... let me go let me go let me go I gotta go I gotta go I gotta go I gotta go I can't wait for you to say Bishop I walked in at about one and before the time I walked out the store I became the new owner of the whole business I that's the kind of favor that rests on your life. That's the kind of favor that rests on our house. We're going to walk in there and walk out on in the hope. You ain't going to drive a truck. You're about to own a fleet of them. Shut up. I need faith in this room, please. I need faith in this room. I need faith online. Let me go. Let me go. I got to go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Look at this. Look at this. Second Corinthians 9 6. Here it is. I gotta go. He who sows sparingly. Here's what it is. I need you to graduate from being a tipper. He who sows sparingly, inconsistently, <laughs> only through emotion. He says, I need you to be the type to where your seed is bigger than your tithe. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do it. I just said it. I'm going to do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Boop. Listen, because what I need God to do for me. <laughs> hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. What I need God to do for me is more than a thousand dollars seed. What I need God to do for me. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Did I, I so did this. Uh, praise him. And he who sows bountifully How you gonna reap? He who sows sparingly is gonna reap. But he who sows, how they gonna reap? Say, I'm number two. Bountifully is what I do. Look at verse eight, and I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Singers, y'all start getting ready. We gotta go. Look at verse eight. Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. Singles, y'all start getting ready. I gotta go. Here we go. Verse 8. 
this is your verse and God which means this is bigger than your boss this is bigger than your ex-husband this is bigger than your ex-wife this is bigger than the government this is bigger than Democrats or Republicans somebody say God is doing this for me and God is able to make all grace how much of the grace all of it no wonder when you started faithfully giving you started looking better no wonder when you started faithfully giving you started eating better talking better walking better living better because you don't just have financial grace you got no wonder your family started getting it together no wonder you started getting your emotions together no wonder you started coming out of depression why god says this ain't just no financial grace because i know i got your treasure that means i have your heart and since i have your heart i'm gonna give you all grace and god is able i gotta go and god is able to make all grace abound toward you Real fast. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. In the building, at home, you stand up. I know you I'm at home. I got to stand, stand yourself up. I need you to stand up because for what you're about to receive, you can't sit. <laughs> Say this me. Say this is me here. All right. Now see, here's the deal. God says, when, when, turn, turn this way. When, when, you're, when, you're, when you're a sparing giver, some grace turned towards you. This is why sometimes you feel like sometimes stuff is great. But he says, but, but if, you, if you give bountifully, he says, everything I got, all grace turns all eyes on you. Open your mouth and say, all eyes on me. Look at the next part of the verse. God says, I'm going to make grace. What's grace? Favor. What's grace? Supernatural. Can I be honest with you? Everybody listen. There are certain areas in your life where you have felt like, God, what's up with this? But, but everybody listen. But everybody listen. Because grace is turned towards you, he made up for it in another way. You're not listening to me. See, some of you, you never had the team you needed, but he gave you the resources you needed. Y'all gonna say, for some of you, you never had what you thought you needed in certain areas, but he made up for it in another way. God says, I'm looking towards you. All eyes are on you. I made up for it in another way. You didn't have the right mama and the right daddy you needed. You didn't have the right family environment, but I made up for it another way. I have done more healing for you in 12 months since you've been at this church than your entire rest of your life. I made up for it in another way. That you, say your name, always having all sufficiency in money. No. And how many things? All things. Let me back it up. Stop. Let me back it up. Flow with me. Watch me. And God is able to make how much grace? All grace. What is he going to do? Turn towards you. Say all eyes on me. Come here. Come here. Come here. Look at him. Come here. Come here. Look at him. That's fine. You come on too. Come on. Right there. Look at him. See, some of you, you try to figure out why everybody always looking at what I'm doing. God says, that's what grace feels like. I turn everybody's eyes toward you. That's why other people get away with a lot and you don't get away with nothing. I got all eyes on. All eyes on. That you, say your name, always. That's a, that's a deep word there, because that's an absolute. Open your mouth, say always. Having all sufficiency in all things. Say not just my money. Say all things. Say everything about me is sufficient. Say, and say watch the next word. And abundant. y'all we it's 11 o'clock I gotta get out of here but I need you to open up your mouth and say your name say always having all sufficiency in all things you have an abundance for every good work 
Say, and this year, you're going to see what Isaac saw. And you reap in the same year. And the Lord's going to bless you and shift you from riches into wealth. You're an owner. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Come on, Atlanta. Come on, Denver. On three, I just need you to give them glory. One, two, three, release the praise right there. I gotta go. Heads about eyes closed. If you need to become a Christian, come on. Give your life to the Lord. Secondly, if you need to recommit yourself to the Lord, today's your day. Thirdly, God bless you for a moment. I don't know where things stand with God. Today's your day. You're blessed to be a blessing. The good news is the bad news is wrong. He's not trying to beat you up. He's not trying to throw you down. He needs you to be a blessing. He needs his people on stages. He needs his people in positions of power. He needs his people owning the companies. He needs his people running the politicians. They don't know what they're doing. He needs his people running it. And not just people that are his by name or some type of political affiliation. But he needs his people. Say, I'm his. I'm his. If you become a Christian, recommit yourself. Lord, I'll be sure on three. Throw the hand up in the building. Online, say it's we. Or do the hand wave emoji. One, two, three. If that's you, respond right now. dude. In the building, I see you. I see you. Online, say it's me or do that hand wave emoji. Everybody pray this to me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I heard your word today. I believe your word today. This is bigger than money. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm the answer to some trouble. In Jesus' name, I love you because you first loved me. Amen. Can you take out your phone, text the word decision, check the new number to 877-552-4746. 877-552 for my You can use this number now. 877-552-4746. Did y'all get something out of this word today? Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. Text the word DECISION to 55498 to let us know about your decision and we'll send you amazing resources to help you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. The rest of your life will be the best of your life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.